Liberty and beyond. Flying in baseball? Yeah, who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. Elementary, my dear Watson. What's in the box? Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. But why male models? Why so serious? I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Well, nobody's perfect. Go ahead. Make my day. sitting team watching his family while he does it. Good morning. Everything is normal, except... What do you want? Is that something you'd say, normal Monday? I'm gonna shoot you right now. Can I go home now? Wait at the house after. What do you mean after? Right off of you. What is going What's on? What's going on, big guy? Yeah, what are we doing? We're following instructions. Are you helping me or are you not helping me? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Thank you. Set up, man. God called me, offering me ten thousand dollars to turn you in. Fifteen for the white guy. Think you're the only one that can make a move? I can make a move too. Have the keys. I like to listen to the radio. Welcome to this week's episode of Pop Culture. I'm Scott. I'm Jason. And I'm Monica. Sorry, Monica said the word Space Jam and you like right before I started talking, and it like crippled me intellectually. <laughs> And I, emotionally. Did not mean to, I did not mean to psych you out, I'm sorry. Like cognitive malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about Space Jam and New Legacy again. However, the connection here is that Don Cheadle's in it. We're talking about No Sudden Move, the new film from Soderbergh. Um, a man with more movies than a wheeler has wheels. That was a terrible, terrible example. That was a pretty bad analogy, yeah. Thank you, thank you. He's done a lot of work. He's busy! All right. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He's consistent. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. He certainly isn't terrible. Um, yeah. So starring everybody: Don Cheadle, Benicio del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm, Brendan Fraser. Brando Fraser. Don't be mean. Brando Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stick on him. Uh, the other Culkin, um, Ray Liotta, Bill Duke. <laughs> Julia Fox. Everyone's in this movie. The other Colgan. Sorry, Kieran. Um, yeah. Uh, in a movie that I thought was uh, aptly named because nothing happened in it. Uh... Okay. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that assessment. I, I liked bits of it. There were elements that were there that could have made this movie a lot better, but it just, it, I don't know. I just found myself so bored watching the whole thing. It, for me, it was a slog. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, no, I, I I struggled, especially towards the end. It got, like, more slow. The yep. grease dried up, and it was just... <laughs> I think from the outset, to make 
the whole thing about catalytic converters, <laughs> which is, I guess, the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, MacGuffin of the film. Yeah. <laughs> Without yeah. you knowing it is. Um, it's just sort of really misplaced, I think, how it works in it. Um, I didn't mind the film. Like, I don't think I got bored as such because I think all the performances were sort of keeping me at least watching them uh, doing what they're oh, doing in terms they of They were all great. They were all, and, everyone in this movie is really good. And the yeah. line, the lines that they have, uh, the dialogue was really quite, quite good in places. Like, some of it's outstanding dialogue. Um, not, not in a natural sense, but more yes. in just you know, a writer writing not really good lines. Which and, is which uh, is really to... interesting that you say that. Would you like to know who wrote this movie? Yes. Okay, so this is written by Ed Solomon, who wrote uh, such masterpieces as uh, Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Really? Wow. The one with... Uh, the, the one. You know the one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, okay. Men in Black... Yeah, that's not bad. Now you see me. Now you see me too, and Bill and Ted face the music. Hmm. Bit of a mixed bag there. That's yeah, different. I, I think it is very different. Um, but I think this one's trying to be a bit more serious, so it's sort of outside the norm there from what mm. previously has been written. Um, the but I just found certainly, it certainly beats out Pally's Angels, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I just sort of that carried me along. Um, I I have to say the build up for twists and turns and things for me it was sort of like a patchwork quilt rather than a tightly weaved pattern of threads. It's like you know it's slapped together at the end with characters that just sort of popped in to give you a a change in what happens um, without revealing things that didn't really have any meaning to the plot in general. And so I just, mm -hmm. I, I found that was really labored is the best way I could describe it. And that, yeah, I didn't get excited by any of them. Yeah, Absolutely there, any of them. Yeah, no. Just... <laughs> no. There were too many twists and turns that the movie was trying to come off a bit more clever than it actually was. And that was a huge deterrent for me. It started off so strong, and I think had it stayed in the house where our three ragtag criminals go into, and um, they, they're all hired to do a job, which is to just look after this family. If it just stayed there, and that was the movie, you could have done a million things that would have made this movie more interesting. Or more I tense, yeah. Yeah, well, that was a really good tense situation. And yeah. It worked really well to see yeah because they, they were like odd characters bouncing off each other and then like the the wife sort of like going along with it to keep the you know keep her kids safe and stuff with like the annoying neighbors and stuff mm, yeah, yeah but if it, that's where the lines worked really well where yeah she's covering it up and goes why would someone come and take you home and she went well they don't like happiness <laughs> you know, <it> was <laughs> really like it was such a, a weird thing to say but it sort of worked to cover things up and um Mm. Yeah, I, I, it had the potential right at the beginning to be extremely good. Yeah. Um, and I, I did like Brando Fraser. And I have to admit, I'm, I'm having fun with Brandon Fraser's name, but he, I actually have a double meaning behind that because he's obviously gone all out for another film um, to 
put on weight and, and mm. get bigger for that film. So he, he's bigger in this film as well. But that's really the reason behind it. So, you know, Marlon Brando more the method mm. acting and things that he's doing there. So he was great. Um, well, every... I'd like to, in our, in our Mummy episode, you said that you hadn't seen Brendan Fraser in a dramatic role. Now you have. have. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> oh, it's good. It was really good. He was, um, he, he was sort of slightly disturbing because he had this uh, disconnection from what he's asking everyone to do, which yeah. worked really well. Um, and he's sort of lack of reaction to things other than this is the way it's going to work if you don't do what you're supposed to um worked really well you know, sort of slightly psychotic i think in some ways yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got this wonderful detached desensitized approach mm. to the job it's very interesting and i think for a lot of the cast as well there's a real lack of desperation to survive as well so there's so many twists and turns and everyone's betraying each other but none of them are sort of coming across it i really want to live no and they, they're also you, you not people I mean? you want them to live either that's the other no. catch like they don't have redeemable features whatsoever yeah exactly like i think the character of curtis by don Cheadle is probably the best example and he's coming up with all these plans to get out of the situation that he's in because he knows he's got a price on his head but at no point am i really rooting for him because it just doesn't come across that he is really wanting to get out of this and he's the most sympathetic he is the most he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. And and still, yeah, it was kind of like, okay, whatever. Yeah, which I think is really disappointing because, you know, you have all of these wonderful actors, you know, with a huge range of abilities. Let them play with that a little bit more. I felt it was very restrained somewhat. Mm. And some were, I think, sort of unutilized too. Like John Hamm kind of gets nothing. He's, oh, just he's, right. was... he's there for the John Ham. Like it's John Ham in a fedora. There you go. Everyone's seeing that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> was he, it? He, just, he plays this throwaway um, character of a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. Like thankless. Like could have been anyone. It wouldn't have mattered. Mm. Yeah, exactly um, right. Matt Damon, I thought, had the most to work with because his scene is quite long. It's a long scene. But it's a good one. It's actually yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. one of the it's best. It's really compelling. <laughs> it it weirdly it i think it tries well it explicit i won't say it tries it explicitly brings the essence of what was trying to be done here into together in mm. the one scene and you know lays out the concepts of the catalytic converters and but it's also talking about race and uh the power of people who have money where you know it doesn't matter really to him mm. that he's paying no, this money. money he's just money, he's money sort of, like, like a lizard you yeah can't, yeah let's get more yeah he said it's like a lizard's tail i work it grows i sleep it grows you know it doesn't yeah. matter what he's doing it's just going to keep growing again um mm. so it that is probably what you'd like throughout the whole film is every scene treated that way yeah exactly it doesn't leave enough breadcrumbs in the rest of the um film for an audience to figure out the end game and what's going on you know as good as that scene was with matt damon explaining everything i feel that you don't need to have him do that if you've already sort of if everything's given your audience well. enough yeah exactly so yeah. i just thought the payoff was not really worth it but for a 20 minute scene of um elaborate uh exposition 
Yeah, it wasn't quite exposition. It was sort of it, it, there was exposition in Elaborate it. it Metaphorical. Yeah, yeah, or, or themes. Mm, I'm going to tell yeah. you what this film's really about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just had, you just sort of panter um, Matt Damon on the chaise lounge, you know, with a glass of brandy, explaining everything about catalytic converters and you know the car industry in the 1960s. <laughs> Fuel's important. Yeah, the government was trying to stamp on everybody. See, see. <laughs> And then um the 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 end with like the death of some of the major characters and I was just a bit like oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but it's that was extra characters thrown in to give you a twist that yeah wasn't really a twist it was I'm like okay so people are greedy cool mm. yeah exactly yeah, I just and then the camera thing. <laughs> just, oh yes. Yeah, what was that? Which um, so, I I watched it on my computer and I'm I'm like, because you'd you'd messaged us prior and you were like, there's something weird about the camera lens, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what he means. And then I was I watch it and I'm like, what what's huh? Yeah, it's sort of and I couldn't like watch it. it. I've got a you know a sixteen by nine twenty seven inch display, and if I made it full screen, it distorted the image grossly like it looked i couldn't watch it i had to watch it sort of shrunk in um aspect ratio to make it look normal and it still looked wrong yeah it did weird things with uh perspective and background so but when i was watching i was going why are they using this weird wide angle lens like what's the purpose of it um and i ended up finding out that yes so there was a lens being used, which was one and a yeah. half times the size of what they normally use. It was for the for new, the new. The so we shot it on the new red camera, yeah, and using this sort of amorphic lens. And they were like, normally, apparently, it's built that way so you kind of get an extra wide angle, but it does cause this warping. So you'd shoot and then you'd crop. Ah, okay. To, to cut I, out yeah. that distortion because the lens it, goes out. Yeah. But yeah, he, but Soderbergh was like, oh, I like it. Leave it. It was distracting. It was very distracting. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't help but feel when I when I noticed it for the first time. I don't know a lot about camera lenses, but it looked to me like someone had grabbed a phone and done a panoramic shot. Oh yes, yes, yeah, with no. that and bending. Then just, <laughs> with that bending, and then they just cropped it, and I was like, "That's a really weird way to shoot a film. Why? Why are we looking looking at it like this? I don't like it." <laughs> because it's you don't see it. You don't like. It's not something that's done. Mm. And I yeah. and I don't I don't know why I mean if he it was an aesthetic that he liked, okay, but it's, I, I certainly didn't appreciate it. And no, then for like um, panning shot, there was some shots that looked really interesting. There was a shot where Don Cheadle was walking down the street, and it almost looked like he was on like a treadmill in kind of like an old school um, rotating background. Mm. Just you know what I mean? Like it looked mm. and it looked kind of cool. But then there's like the panning shot in the um, restaurant where they where um. Mm. Uh, you know, Benicio goes and meets him and then Brendan Fraser comes in and then Ray Liotta comes in and that panned around through faces and people's faces are distorting at the edge of the frame. It was like really not good to look at. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, it's what they used for every shot in the film. Oh, you could tell. And parts of it reminded me back, oh, geez, it must be early 80s or something like that when they'd put widescreen films to television they hadn't quite got to the point of cropping them or oh, put uh, putting a letterbox on it yeah so it it got compressed into the four by three 
ratio and people look so people look really long and <laughs> as, as, but for some reason they'd do it just for the titles and then they'd work out okay we'll just let it expand beyond its range and you'd get normal ratio but you'd miss punt so yeah you'd cut footage. off the edges but it reminded me of the title sequences and i'll tell you what i've seen jaws that way a lot <laughs> it's sort of everyone squished up at the beginning and then at the end of it and things like that um but it just does not work it does not pay off i don't know what the purpose of that style would suit the film for i mean it's not to me it felt like it was trying to be 3d almost in points because of the way and different people obviously noticed you go to rates. google no sudden move you'll get like auto search no sudden move camera lens <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of one of those i guess weird instant incidents in film where you just notice something is not off but a new technique is being tried and um, the only other instance where i can sort of um compare it to is um in the hobbit in um oh, the barrel the, the, scene um... where they sh where they shoot everything with 48 frames per second when you watch it for the first time it's really jarring mm. yeah i remember we saw the um the, the the high frame rate version of the hobbit and it looks like a weird home video like it looks yeah odd <laughs> Yeah, and I can't help but feel that this particular technique sort of takes the audience out in a very similar way because it just completely, it's, yeah. But then I think about something like um, uh, Hateful Eight where Tarantino shot it in this ultra-wide angle but using the, there's none of that um, fish eyeing on the lens or if there was, they certainly, you know, prepared and cropped it properly. Mm. And it looks stunning and I can't help but think this would have looked pretty stunning if it wasn't for this distracting optical curve on everything in the in the far sides i'd also sort of went in distance too so if you yeah. watch things in the distance buildings in the distance they bend they bend yeah. it in a strange way yeah cars but... approaching <laughs> it was like <laughs> oh god mm. and i mean soderbergh's not uh He's certainly a celebrated filmmaker, but I've never accredited him for being like particularly visually daring. No, I mean, no. I, I I appreciate him taking a risk, but it's maybe just not one that's fully paid off. Hmm. And given it was digital, they should have realised pretty quickly. Mm. <laughs> in the, in the <laughs> Instantly, you might say. The dailies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess when you're sort of looking at it and or all inspired by what you're seeing you don't think too far from what you're seeing at that moment so maybe that's what's happened um, yeah. but yeah it it's a film which i guess has a lot of potential and the beginning really starts to suggest it but it just doesn't pay off in the end unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah great start but sadly doesn't stick the landing maybe because i watched it after many saints of newark and i was on a real high because i really really loved that film and it was i found it completely riveting that like jumping into this was a bit like oh it's interesting because <laughs> the films sort of take place about maybe a decade apart from each other so no yeah. seven move the late 50s and many saints of newark the mid to late 1960s is when it starts so interesting time periods that are sort of popping up in Film at the moment i guess it's time to revive those sorts of historical events <laughs> maybe can't wait for the film about the muff like yes 
the, the, the gangster film about the the, the muffler. Mm, yeah. <laughs> or the seat or the seatbelt or something really interesting. There is a film about the window um wipers. So yep, but that was that, that was done many years ago. Christ. Mm. But that that was the theme that that was explicitly the point of the film. So it yeah. made sense. Mm, yeah, um, of course. This one just strangely brought it up at the end. What and a I twist. think <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't even the twist. I think what they were trying to do is show this business environmental vandalism. It's actually a modern it's a, take yeah, on things. Yeah, it and is. it was a, it was you know, I guess trying to say something about it. Yeah. But it's so weakly applied by it at the end. You sort of go, oh, we better throw in these last little credit sequences that explain it too. And yep. um, yeah. it just made it weaker than anything. Yeah, it really did. I think one of the few saving graces of this movie was um, watching David Harbour just slowly lose it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was, I, that was enjoyable. I have a lot of respect for David Harbour. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was honestly, I, I, my takeaway was like Brendan Fraser, like I'm like, just, just felt warm to see him on screen again. Yeah. It made me all happy. <laughs> Even though he was playing kind of a, a, a very sinister individual. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, ultimately I think I was, I think I was disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, you look out all those pieces, Soderbergh, Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, John Hamm, all that stuff, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh... no. it all turns out to be a catalytic converter. All right, yeah. cool. <laughs> if you're going to watch a film by David Soderbergh that involves cars, um, watch Logan Lucky instead. Logan That's Lucky? Yeah. <laughs> Contagion, you know, he's got some good relevant stuff. Yeah, he does. Cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of Popped Culture. I've been Scott. I'm still Jason. And I'm still Monica. I was going to say thank you for listening to this episode of No Sudden Move. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really... <laughs> <laughs>